0: Podcast that
1: explores the logic behind physiological birth practices and is a production of the Indie Birth Association and IndieBirth.com. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event.
0: Hello everybody. Welcome to the next episode of Well Actually, a production of Indie Birth Association, hosted by yours truly, Margot Blackstone. And today, I have another special guest with me. I've had a couple fun guest um, guest interviews over the last couple weeks, and it's been really fun, so I thought I'd keep it going. And this is one that I've been waiting to do for a little while, but it's perfect timing, uh, and you'll hear why here in a few minutes. Uh, we're going to talk today with my very special friend, Jane Farrell. She is the owner of Jane in the Woods Photography, a super awesome wedding photography business here in Sedona, Arizona. And you'll hear more about how we met and how we've become friends as we talk about her birth, which is really an extraordinary tale. And I'm so glad that she's agreed to talk with us about what her pregnancy and birth were like and share that with us. So welcome, Jane.
1: Hello. I'm so happy
0: to be here. Me too. Um, Just to preface this a little bit, um, Jane's story is extra exciting. Well, all birth stories are exciting, so maybe I shouldn't say extra exciting. But it's near and dear to my heart. Um, One, because I got to be there as a witness, and it was such an honor. And two, because it's really a unique story that we almost... Never here in this day and age. Her baby was born breech, and lots more on that coming up. Uh, I won't just gloss that over. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's a topic that's really important to both Marin and I at Indie Birth. And it's something that we're going to be talking about at the conference. We're having Dr. Stuart Fishbein, one of the most amazing breech practitioners, coming to be with us and teach at the conference. Uh, in January coming up here in about a month and a half now and it's something that we really hope more women really just delve into and learn more about and one of the ways that we can do that is through storytelling so I'm really excited that Jane has agreed to tell her story. So let's just jump right in. What was your pregnancy like Jane? Um, Who are you seeing for care? What did you think about it? How'd it go? Uh, at the beginning of my pregnancy,
1: I was still living in Oregon in kind of a mid-sized town, and everyone that I knew and kind of seemed like an awesome earth mama type of girl, um, had their baby at the birthing center in town. Stellar reviews, um, right next to the hospital, so you felt really safe, (laughs) And so that was definitely the plan. Um, we had never even considered a home birth, um, or a hospital birth. It was just, you know, the birth, you know, I had watched movies and semi-educated myself on birthing these days. Um, and I knew that I wanted to do it naturally. So we went forward with that. I really enjoyed the midwives in my first week of care, uh, a bunch of them there was a team uh were really sweet old ladies who seemed like they'd been doing it a really long time I felt really comfortable with them um <clears throat> and then when I got to be gosh I forget I think uh I was about 20 weeks we mm-hmm. decided to move to Sedona which was, which is a really small town. <laughs> so, um, I was kind of nervous to leave my, the people who were taking care of me, um, and kind of delve into what would be next. Um, but as it, I mean, as you'll hear later, it wouldn't have worked out anyway for me to have a baby at this birthing center. So, and this is your first baby. This I didn't my, mention that. This was yeah. our first pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. and we were um, kind of knowing that we weren't going to stay where we were, and we wanted to find a new place to live. So that was all kind of in the process of the beginnings of the pregnancy. So. Uh, We got to Sedona, and I was just online, you know, looking for anything around. Sedona has, I think, 10,000 people, and half of them are over the age of 55, so (laughs) not really a large enough uh, place to sustain a birthing center. Um, But I did find a midwife um, in town, uh, just from Googling uh, Sedona midwife, and then um, even though she had opened a birthing center um, in the next town about 20 minutes away, um, she was in Sedona, I was in Sedona, and so a home birth just seemed kind of like the natural option uh, since we lived here now. And even though, you know, we were brand new, we actually were living with someone else. We didn't own a home. We... You know, didn't really have the ideal home birth situation, (laughs) but it just still kind of seemed like, um, that was the indicated action. Um, and then, uh, so when she was about 18 weeks, I think, I did get an ultrasound because I was really anxious to see if it was a boy or a girl, um... And then they found these little cysts in her brain full of air or water or something. Um, And the deep, dark fear of having those is that your baby would be born with um, trisomy 18. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though the doctors were incredibly optimistic and they said you know, adults might have these in their brains right now. You know, it's just mm-hmm. something we're noticing. It was kind of the first hiccup in the... And that was in Sedona. That was in Oregon, that was in Oregon just before, before we, we left. I see. So when I met the midwife in Sedona, we did tell her, you know, mm-hmm. this is going on. And she actually responded... Um, more scared than the doctors did. Oh, wow. She was kind of on edge, and she really um, encouraged us to go get another ultrasound to check out the baby's brain. And I I was feeling really positive, and I was not even thinking I would need another ultrasound because, to me, whether Mm -hmm. or not my baby was born with some strange chromosomal, Mm -hmm. I was going to have her. And, and, um, but her reasoning was, you know, if this is going to be happening, um, it's better to know because then after the baby's born, maybe the baby might need attention at a hospital. So I, I agreed because I thought that sounded like a sound reason to get another ultrasound. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and so I went and got an ultrasound at 32 weeks and the... The um, technician commented that um, our baby, Faye, uh, was still breech, and she was presenting butt first, and I had never even heard of breech. I had never thought about it. I didn't know that it was a possibility. Aside from when I was in second grade, I think this girl <laughs> told me, did you know that if you're born upside down, you walk on your hands with your feet <laughs> in the air? <laughs> and so I, of course, thought, oh, well, no one is like that, so it doesn't happen. <laughs> I don't know why that sticks out in my mind. That's but really funny. It's kind of ironic that I remember that Maybe. from my childhood. <laughs> um, so... You know, we kind of looked into it. 32 weeks is not that scary to have a breech baby. Right. We knew that she was a little bit small, and so we weren't worried. Um, However, our midwife was very worried. Mm. And then um, the following session that we met with her, she kind of was feeling around and feeling the baby. And she declared that the baby had flipped. Ooh. And, you know, from my research and what I was kind of reading, everyone was saying, like, you'll know when they flip, their head sinks a little bit. It feels feels different. different. Mm -hmm. But I just had this huge bulge right under my rib cage that (laughs) felt (laughs) really hard and not like a tiny bum. So (laughs) I was kind of... Like skeptical. I was like, really? I don't know. And so then she kind of just assumed that it would be okay. Um, and I, I actually forget how that appointment went. But, but anyway, she needed us to get another ultrasound later on to confirm. And so I had to go get another one. And to confirm, baby had flipped as she suspected. Exactly. I see. Yes. Yeah. And the baby had not flipped, <laughs> <laughs> which, wow. in wow. retrospect, I definitely could have s- could have mm-hmm. said. But I don't. I'd never had a baby. I mean, I sure. didn't know what I was doing or feeling for. Um. And so things started to get a little. Hence, mm. You know, she was recommending all these websites and all these ways to make your baby flip and force your baby to flip. And, um, so, you know, I was looking into them, I was doing the inversions and, I was really hopeful because um, every day when I was doing the inversions and doing my exercises, she would actually flip about halfway Mm -hmm. so that her head was sideways
0: instead of vertical. So she'd flip sort of to a transverse position. Exactly. Uh And so I thought, oh, she's just getting ready to flip. One of these times. One of the these reason. times. Yep. And so that
1: really gave me confidence, like, that she could flip if she wanted to. Right. She just wasn't ready yet. hmm But that she was capable of moving. She had plenty of space to do her thing. And um, that is also about the time that I feel like I noticed her kind of communicating with me, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things to do... When you have a breech baby, they say, is put a frozen bag of peas on their head so they want to move away from the cold and down to where it's warm. Mm -hmm. Well, I would put the peas on and then all of a sudden I would just kind of feel her really annoyed. Like, get this bag of peas off of my brain.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it, but it was kind of like, oh, okay, we're not doing that. So... My husband would just do everything with the flashlights and the
0: music and mm-hmm. to try and get her to flip. It's um, quite a, yeah, they want you to do, I and mean, they <laughs> that believe in this flipping thing. Um, yeah, they have quite a elaborate cocktail of things they like you to try. <laughs> tons and tons. Like, comical. Like so many exercises. <laughs> it takes up
1: your whole day. Yes, it's a like, full-time it's job. It's a full-time job trying to get your baby to flip. Yes. Um, and... And I'm trying to think of what kind of happened next in the story. Yeah, so
0: what, um, maybe where did the split happen? Because it did with the midwife. It did, yeah. How did that go down?
1: So at about 37 or 38 weeks, um, I told our midwife that I didn't feel comfortable working with her anymore. Um, It started with the trisomy 18 issue, and that's what I mainly told her was that. I just felt like her presence of fear in the situation was not a good fit for us. Um, And I knew at that point that I was going to look into my options, at least, for having a breech baby naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, And the moment I brought it up to her... It was just absolutely no way. If it's breach, it's a C-section, 100%. -hmm. No discussion. And so, you know, I didn't even try and say anything, but then after that discussion, I just was like, this isn't a good fit. And so I told her that, and she was really bummed and seemed like she really cared about us. Um, But then we got a letter in the mail, an official letter, saying (laughs) that my recommendation is for you to have a C-section which just really blew me away completely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just felt like, you know, from her end it was being responsible and yet it just seemed so irresponsible.
0: Yeah. to suggest that to me weeks before your due date. Weeks before. Yeah. when baby still could have turned exactly. and fit even the most conservative <laughs> of, pro, you know, imaginings. So. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, all the
1: statistics stay, say like you know, even at, even at 38, 39 weeks, so many, such yep. a large percentage of babies flip. Yeah. Some of them flip during labor, sure. you know, I was not ready to throw in the towel by any means. Totally. I mean,
0: yeah. So what did you do in this <laughs> tiny town of 10,000 yeah, people? Yeah. So
1: it was tiny, time was running out. I was just, yeah. So I just asked every single person I knew if they knew a midwife that might be able to help me you know essentially at that point I was looking for someone who would come on board with me and I knew that no one would help me deliver a breech baby naturally but I was looking for someone who would at least let me try which is crazy that I'm trying to find someone who is gonna let me do something with my own body and my Your own, own body baby. would do if no one was there. Exactly. Yep. So um I found another midwife. Long story short, she kind of was on board for a week or two and then as the day got closer she just said, <clears throat> you know, I'm not comfortable with this. This is just not gonna work out for me it, she was also really nice she was in phoenix which is about two hours away and then <laughs> then it was almost it was 39 weeks yeah and i was without care and that midwife's primary concern was the breach situation yes yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm sorry i forgot to clarify that the trisomy 18 issue was off the table right a long time ago previously yeah. it was a non-issue um, yeah, so at that time I was getting, you know, things were heightened for sure. You know, my husband's family was texting him and calling him, letting him know that we were choosing an unsafe thing, mm-hmm. um, that someone in his family had a C-section because of a breech, and it went perfectly fine. Um, In her case, her breech baby was a footling Mm breech, which is a lot different than how my baby was presenting. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I just really didn't feel like anyone else's advice could apply to how I was feeling with my own baby. Um, And so it was really hard just feeling... You know, he was asking me every day, let's just go to the hospital. We could just have her today. Because it was 39 weeks if you do a C-section they like to do it then. Yep. Uh, Which would have been even more crazy in retrospect, considering that she was almost three weeks late. (laughs) (laughs) So, if I had a C-section, there definitely would have been issues and they would have Mm -hmm. blamed it on the fact that she was breached, I'm sure.
0: Yep.
1: Um... So then, enter indie birth, Margo and Marin, <laughs> which um, <clears throat> was just honestly like a miracle. I mean, i I felt so on the same page as them. Um, they just have a really calm attitude. They really approach birth in such a great positive direction. I really felt like I could trust them. Um, they were upfront with me. Marin said she'd only been to one breech birth previously, but she knew all her stuff. You know, she knew every worst case scenario of what could happen, mm-hmm. um, and just presented it in a really um, great way for us to think about. There was just no fear involved. I felt really comfortable for the first time of two people just actually showing me the information Mm -hmm. you know not like well a cesarean is what you're going to do and it's going to be great and it's going to be safe (laughs) you know no doctor or midwife really will go into any negatives about a cesarean unless you really dig for the information um i had had one tiny mole removed previously tiny tiny millimeters and now i have about a half dollar size scar and so i knew that surgery was not a great option for me yeah scarring on the outside on the inside it would have been a traumatizing thing for me totally um so that was definitely my last option um so I got on board with indie Birth, and it just was so nice. You know, for the first time, I really felt like I could sink into having a normal pregnancy. I got to mm-hmm. do your whole course, which was amazing. I would just highly recommend that course to anyone who's pregnant. I, and you did like a cram session yeah. style, right? I did the whole course in about a week. I just yep. listened to it constantly. <laughs> Um, But, I mean, gosh, if you don't have all that information that they're letting you know, you're just really going into birth unprepared. Yeah. And I'm definitely kind of a a fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants kind of person. (laughs) (laughs) I hardly prepare for anything ever, but in this case, even I thought it was for the best. Yeah. Um,
0: really something i mean it's i always say it's like a basic life skill education you know everyone should know that kind of stuff absolutely because even if you don't have a baby and or if you're a dude and you're never going to have a baby you're going to know someone who does you're going to have a sister or a friend or you know maybe there'll be an earthquake and you'll be the only one there (laughs) and it's good stuff for everyone to know especially because it's so um within
1: reach yeah. It's so natural, and it's so for the masses. It's not some act that should be reserved for doctors,
0: yep. honestly. Totally. It's not rocket science. Yeah, it's not rocket science. But they really make... They like to make it seem that way because so that's how they... Yeah. Yeah, so complicated, yeah. Yes, that's how it's made exclusive and... Yes. Gets paid the big bucks then. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So... You found indie birth, and mm-hmm. you were getting very close to your due date. Yeah. Now about a year ago. Yes. And how did you, so you've talked a little bit about doing the course. Mm-hmm. What are some other ways that you prepared, you know, as you were doing this sinking into the pregnancy and you had sort of your plan in place and mm-hmm. what did you do and what did your partner do and how did you get ready in that time? That was Uh, so short. That was so short, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Definitely what I did was
1: a birth plan, just Mm -hmm. because I knew that the possibility of me transferring may have been higher than most. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, if I'm at the hospital having a C-section, these things need to be adhered to. I need to have one arm free. I need to have immediate... Mm-hmm. skin-to-skin contact, you know, so I made sure that everyone had a copy of that. That seemed really important yeah, to me. Yeah, totally. And I made sure that I really connected with my girl every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and every day, the message that I just kept getting was like, you can do this, you're strong enough. And it was just so life-affirming um, that I just could tell that she was totally confident in me to be able to do this. And... um From the time that I first met you two until the day of the birth, I feel like my confidence just grew every single day. I was more sure, and I was more um, unwavering. Mm -hmm. My partner, my husband, (laughs) he had a nervous... He was a nervous wreck. Yeah. (laughs) He just was... Like I said, he was begging me to go to the hospital, um, just... Because it is. It's really scary if you just Google it. Right. There's a million things that other people could tell you um, are going to go wrong. I Googled one thing, and it was another redhead just like me at her house. (laughs) And she had her breech baby in a couple hours, and she wrote a really sweet blog post about how it went perfectly. That's awesome. And I was like, cool, if that's the first thing that I find I, you know, I just know that this is the way it's supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And never would I unwilling to go to the hospital. Or, you know, I went through every ultrasound that anyone asked me to do. If um, anyone had given me any indication that it was going to be a negative outcome, I
0: absolutely would have done that. Totally, I think that's one of the coolest parts about your story is just how open you were and, you know, just how trusting you were in your own voice and Faye's voice and, um, yeah, and just not not being like a... It wasn't a home birth at all costs. It wasn't... You didn't even start out the pregnancy thinking you were going to have a home birth. You just kind of followed your intuition and your own wisdom and got to that place and you were like, I think that's how it's going to go. If that's not how it's going to go, that's cool. But it was Mm -hmm. just... I thought that your attitude was really impressive, you know? It was very, like, unattached to any particular way it was going to look, which I think is really powerful for anyone going into birth, because it can be hard when birth doesn't look how... I mean, it almost never looks how you think it's going to look. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah, I thought that was a really neat part of your story. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, the birth... The birth. The birth. Almost three, three. weeks
1: late. <laughs> yep. She, she was she was due on Thanksgiving, which is my birthday. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, how funny we're going to be. Um, but no, she wanted her own month. And <laughs> she came almost three weeks later. And um, by that point, actually... It was so perfect because we'd been waiting for this baby to come for so long. Everyone had really just kind of <laughs> turned over their worries to a higher power. I mean, <laughs> no one can have a nervous or panic attack for three weeks straight. You we just had to kind of give it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So things went back to nor- like normal. We went on walks, and I was swimming a lot, and... Um, And then one night, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I think I have a stomach ache. And my mom was like, I think she's coming. (laughs) And so it only took two contractions for me to be in pretty much full-on labor. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first two were so minor that I thought they were maybe a stomach ache. Mm -hmm. And then by the third one, it was like... Nope. (laughs) No, (laughs) really, really intense. Um, Actually, now that it's been a year, I forget even the timing of them. But, but we did time them. Mm -hmm. That was like almost fun for me, you know, to see a clock, um, to feel like you had control over something. Mm -hmm. You could watch the clock. Yeah. Um. And so then we called uh, you and Marin. And you guys said, um, you know, maybe go to sleep. And I was like, okay. And I laid down. And then by the next contraction, I was like, no way. (laughs) No way am I sleeping. Um, Yeah. And so then you guys said, okay, we'll come over. And then you got there and things were pretty much in full swing. Um, and, And the labor just went... Pretty well. I mean, my husband was there. He was like a rock. He was amazing. I just was like holding on to him every single contraction. He was getting me anything I needed. Um, and then... So his nervous breakdown had
0: yeah, subsided. Yeah. He was in the I moment. Mean, he
1: was in the moment. Yeah. He was totally supportive. And um, he he trusts me and trusts our decision. Or trusted my decision and knew that I could just do anything that I wanted to. So yeah, <laughs> and and then um, so midway through labor, my whole labor was about seven hours. So um, from the beginning until midpoint, uh, the back labor was just the most intense, mm-hmm. so excruciatingly painful. That's all I can remember from, I don't, I mean, I remember the contractions also being uncomfortable, but the back labor was really. Right. S- and that's more common with. breech
0: Breach labors. Labors. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, uh, massages helped if someone was just pressing on my back it mm-hmm. felt amazing. You've told me about that really cool wrap where you can use a ball actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be. Um, my suggestion to anyone going into labor, actually, (laughs) just in case you have back labor, because the contraction is just going to happen, you know, and it's going to, be, be there but is. the back labor if you could get a little pressure on that i mean mm-hmm. you can really make a world of difference
0: gina that's a good plug for gina kirby she has amazing information about using the rebozo and um you know using that for comfort and labor and she'll be at our conference too so exciting little yeah. plug right there I, anyone, we love you gina anyone
1: going into labor should have a back labor plan, <laughs> back I, labor like, plan. I agree especially because almost a lot of people that i've chatted with shared that they also had back lamur. Yeah. So it's certainly which, not
0: exclusively a breach thing. Yeah but it's more common. Yeah. It might be a different degree. Yeah. You'll have to report back if you ever have <laughs> another baby that's also head pretty, down. Oh head down. Comparatively. Yeah, I, I
1: am curious if it was a my body thing or if it was a Faye thing. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um yeah, so that was kind of how it was up until midway. And then um, you were there, but it feels like maybe um, three fourths of the way in. My water broke. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. So, um, just getting up until that point, you know, I was just drinking like some kind of honey coconut water, which was awesome, and mm-hmm. just getting there. And but then, as soon as the then, as soon as my water broke, then I really felt like it got really serious. Um, but at no point and that whole time was i consumed with her being breech you know everything you were just, just in labor i was just in labor it just felt like this is how it's supposed to go mm-hmm. it just felt natural and it felt um like nothing i needed to be thinking twice about which really is my only advice for someone who wants to do um have their breech baby naturally is if you are confident and you know yourself well that when push comes to shove you'll be able to kind of stay calm mm-hmm. um then i bet you can do it <laughs> <laughs> and if you're curious i mean because i was wanting to hear someone's voice specifically who did it you know mm-hmm. and hear exactly um Exactly kind of what it was like, I mm-hmm. guess, and what they think other, what they would suggest for other people, you know, if they did it and then they were wishing that I really should have had help from someone else or, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I, I can say a hundred percent that I'm more than happy <laughs> that we had her at home and it worked out amazingly. And there seemed to be absolutely nothing different from my perspective, on her birth versus a normal birth.
0: Yeah. Especially when you don't have anything to compare it to, but yeah. But yeah. It, there were it the, didn't feel felt like there
1: were no hiccups. Yeah. You know, it just felt so mm-hmm. so natural. Totally. Um, and then one of the, the unexpected positives from having a home birth, which I didn't even realize Um, when I had initially been looking into the birth center was that I just kind of got to do it by myself. You know, no one was doing checks or telling me how dilated I was. I mean, who needs that kind of information? (laughs) Um, uh, telling you how well you're doing, I mean, (laughs) giving you your grade. (laughs) I'm doing an excellent job. You can get off my back now is how I probably would have felt. Yeah. So it was cool. I actually reached up at one point and felt her myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was, that was the first moment I was like, oh yeah, that's her.
0: This is happening. That's her
1: bum, not her head. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, um, but all just typical labor stuff, like marching helped and moving around helped. And, um, I was on my knees for a long time and that seemed to be the best position. Um, and I will say though, that I had one contraction laying on my back in the same position that you'd be in at a hospital. <laughs> hmm and by far, I mean times magnitude of ten, that was the most painful contraction. Right. I felt like I was gonna faint out of shock of pain. Mm-hmm. So my heart really just went out to anyone who had their baby at a hospital and maybe wanted to do it naturally, mm-hmm. and then maybe was in this position that makes it was so hard. so hard. Yeah. Um, because if every single contraction had to be like that one, I might may have said, like, I can't no,
0: thank do you. this.
1: I need <laughs> some drugs to yep. to do this because yeah, it seemed impossible. Mm-hmm. Um so that was really cool, um, you know, to move around. And so then I eventually ended up having her on the side of the bathtub. So I wasn't in, but I was using the bathtub as a um, place to rest my arms mm-hmm. and kind of everything that people said about breech birth came true. Like towards the end, um, you know, keep your hands off, which is something that I felt really strongly towards the end. My husband just went to rub my back and I was like, oh my gosh, don't touch me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it felt like do not touch me, like, because it's going to mess with the muscles or, you know. And so that, that was cool that I got to be really vocal. And um, then, you know, this whole synchronicity of everything was so incredibly um, spot on and connected that when I, first I don't know any technical terms but when her legs and her butt came out Mm -hmm. I was the perfect distance from the floor for her to just sit perfectly (laughs) her little butt was just sitting there with her legs out in front of her yep (laughs) and then then out came both of her arms and you know I couldn't see of course but I saw the video later and she just looked peaceful she just looked like I'm sitting here (laughs) waiting to go Yeah. And then, um, half born, half half (laughs) born. And then in a contraction that I'm told lasted three minutes, but what felt like 10 seconds, um, her head came out and I just grabbed her and picked her up. And, you know, I just felt so in touch uh, with my own body and everything that it was doing. It just felt so natural. And, um, it felt so unnatural to think of someone else Mm -hmm. grabbing her like a doctor or some random person Mm -hmm. it felt like it would have been the most violating experience of my whole life if i had birthed my baby into someone outside of our little packs yeah
0: (laughs) absolutely Mm -hmm. Yes, and there wasn't a dry eye in the house after that moment, <laughs> and and then your husband finally took a breath.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think he breathed for that whole three minute contraction. <laughs> right, and something I will note though, just in case anyone else um, does have their breech baby naturally, um, is that um, right when her head came out. I don't know if it's still called crowning when it's the other direction, (laughs) but most people um, focus on the pain in the back, um, whereas my pain was much more intense in the front. Mm. So kind of just like all the little nerve endings around... um, kind of just the whole area and it was really hard for me to go to the bathroom afterward. Mm-hmm. Peeing did not feel normal. It felt like all stretched and weird. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that's also common in sure. many pregnancies but yeah, the, the intenseness of the pain in the front versus what Back. is considered normal seemed to be different from what you yeah. guys had experienced. Yeah, so, I think so. I You know, I just kind of, that was the only thing that really kind of freaked me out was because, you know, no one had really said that. I felt kind of broken.
0: Because
1: hmm. <laughs> I didn't, I, it actually had felt like I ripped in the front. right. Um, But I didn't. You know, that area is actually pretty stretchy, so it worked out.
0: (laughs) Yes, I can imagine that just the differences would change, you know, Mm -hmm. where the pressure's at. Yeah. Coming out. Yeah,
1: so here's to anyone having their baby breech if you can't pee after you have your baby, (laughs) it took me three hours, and I had to squat in the bathtub and have my husband pee next to me. was the only way to get all that that
0: flowing yes that's awesome such an excellent story and the little faye was here with her little breech legs Uh uh-huh
1: oh gosh yeah
0: she would sleep with her toes
1: pointed at her head above her ear if that makes (laughs) sense From listening. Yeah, it was so funny how folded she was um, with her legs just way up over her head. Kind of like a contortionist. Yeah. (laughs) If I skipped over anything of the birth
0: that maybe is more technical or anything that needs to be known. No, I think it was fabulous. Um, And it's so fun to hear from your perspective. I mean, I know we've talked about it over Mm -hmm. the course of the last year, but... It's fun to get to sit down and hear the whole recounting Uh of all of it. It just worked out
1: perfectly. And um, it always just seemed like the indicated action to just wait and stay calm. And that's, like, all I would really say to anyone who's having a baby, you know? If you just stay really present with every moment, then for sure... I mean, you hear stories all the time, like, oh, like my instinct was right to go to the hospital at 32 weeks because right. I was feeling weird or this or that. And yeah, just the connection that you feel um, with your instincts are so strong that um, it's hard to give a really broad piece of advice right? because <laughs> you know, you don't want anyone to do anything harmful and, And in the case of Breach, it seems to be so much more taboo. It's, like, so hard to even talk about after the birth, you know? Like, um, oh, yeah, I had a Breach in my bathroom. Like, (laughs) oh, okay, well, we're not going to be friends anymore. Like, you're crazy. um, So it's kind of hard to say and just be confident about this awesome thing that happened. And yet... What if more people did it and it just became more normal? Yeah. Then, um, you know, I don't feel any different about this life event than, like, if I got married. Right. You know, I, <clears throat> you know, you would recommend to anyone, yeah, get married. It's amazing. It's, <laughs> it'll be so beautiful for your life. Like, mm-hmm. it would be so awesome if. Someone who was having a breech baby didn't have to go through all that fear. Right. And they could just have the same amazing well yeah. wishes. Like, yeah. you're having a baby. <sighs> Beautiful. Yes. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. Without that weird overtone of yeah. like...
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think that's what's so awesome about your story. And I think people are going to love it so much because... You know, just hearing positive stories and um, mm-hmm. feeling like it's an, a choice that's normal, and that if you listen to yourself and it makes sense for you, then by all means do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can take away some of that taboo and some of that ven- like the veneer of like ooh, shadiness around it, and mm-hmm. and that can hopefully help people just not have to sort out what is their own fear versus and what's their own intuition and then what society's, you know, uh, input on all of it. And so if we could just take that, that away and help sort of give an even playing field, I think it'd be so much safer for everyone because, you know, there's, I'm sure there are people who think, you know, my baby's breech and a cesarean is right for me and that's Mm -hmm. great for them. Mm -hmm. Um, but think, I mean, I can think of so many women who have gotten sort of talked into having cesareans Mm -hmm. for their breech babies and I think if they had really been able to sit with it and feel supported and hear these positive stories and feel like it, mm-hmm. they weren't some strange, mm-hmm. reckless, crazy person, I think they would have chose you know <laughs> exact- to, to That's do it exactly differently. Exactly
1: how I was treated as some strange, crazy, reckless person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's kind of strange because I've never been treated that way in my whole life. Right. And, um, but I always have kind of gotten to the beat of my own drum, so to speak, kind of just yeah. like moving to Sedona and doing this and embarking on my own path. So, um, you know, I had practiced having that kind of confidence in my life before, but mm-hmm. I mean, huge. I just had heard so many stories about regret mm-hmm. with birth and gosh, I mean, you only get one shot that's it yeah and not even just with breach, but with all birth and i knew that i didn't want that in my life yeah as easy as, as easy as that is to say beforehand i mean right. no one wants it um but you really do need to educate yourself more than i had ever imagined yeah. Which is another plug for doing the any birth course. <laughs> Seriously, if you're thinking about it, you just your whole life will be changed by the amazing information.
0: Thank you. That's so kind. <laughs> Well, I think that that covered everything that I wanted to cover, today at least. We may have to do a follow-up. Yeah, if there's questions point. or anything. Yes, if people have questions, um, we could. that would be really fun. So you can always email them to me. It's margo at indiebirth.com.
1: Yeah, and if anyone, I mean, please, if you have any questions or want any kind of just support or anything... Um, My email address is jane at janeinthewoods.com and I'm more than happy to chat with you or just tell you more about my experience if you have questions um, because it was the best moment
0: of my whole life and now I feel like a rock star. So (laughs) You are a rock star. You're so amazing. So we'll put Jane's email address um, on the site where we have the podcast from today so that people can readily access her because you should definitely (laughs) take her up on that and as always thanks so much for listening and i hope you'll join us again next time